the uh, as you know we're doing a series and this one is caught in the eye of the needle uh, this week and it's based on uh, Mark 10 17 through 31 so let's I'll go ahead and read it and it's in the message version as he went out into the street a man came running up greeted him with great reverence and said good teacher what must I do to get eternal life Jesus said why are you calling me good no one is good only God you know the commandments don't murder don't commit adultery don't steal don't lie don't cheat on your mother mother yada 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 and he said <laughs> gotta do the yada yada he said teacher I have from my youth kept them all Jesus looked at him hard in the eye and loved him he said there's one thing left go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor all your wealth will then be heavenly wealth and come follow me the man's face clouded over this is the last thing he expected to hear and he walked off with a heavy heart he was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go looking at his disciples Jesus said do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing but Jesus kept on you can't imagine how difficult it's easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye, then for a needle's eye, then for the rich to come and get into God's heaven, God's kingdom. That set the disciples back on the heels. What? Then who has the chance at all? They asked. And Jesus blurted out, No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world, if you let God do it. Peter tried another angle. He didn't like that angle. Let's go for a different way. We left everything and followed you. Jesus said, mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back, but multiplied many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land, but also in troubles. And then the bonus of eternal life. This is... Once again, the great reversal. But who are first will end up last, and the last will end up first. And um, and I, I like the book. He had all sorts of things. He said, "Oh, of course, this is a hyperbole." Hyper hyperbole. Yeah, where you know he's using an example of some kind, and then he goes to explain that there's and and Paul's mentioned it in the past that there's this one entrance into the city of Jerusalem that you have to. Basically, unload the camel and carry everything in. Get the camel on his knees and go through the, the this entryway, and then they can load it back up and then deliver the goods. So it's a very troublesome, cumbersome thing you have to do to get through that eye of that needle. And so that's just you know the way it goes. And so, so it's not really a needle, like we think of it, where we're sewing things. This is a entryway. But still. There you have it. Have you ever, so, you know, I was like, okay, well, all right. It's easy for a camel. So let's, and I kept reading this over and I kept thinking, so what's the problem here? You know, I mean, you can go through all the trouble of doing things and get through that eye of the needle sooner or later. It's like, okay, what, what, what's this trying to say to the rest of us? And it comes down to lifestyle choices. I mean, really, it is a lifestyle. The disciples did what? Gave up everything to follow Jesus. 
because they wanted to share that love. They wanted to be there. They wanted to do it. They said, this message of love is something I want to practice. I mean, when you read James today, it says real wisdom, God's wisdom is, gen you know, is characterized by what? It's gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. You can develop healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you're hardworking and get it together. Basically saying what? You have it if you choose what? To live a lifestyle. Now the rich person that came up and said, hey, what do I need to do? Didn't want to hear that he had to change his lifestyle. Didn't want to hear that he had to love everyone and accept them right where they're at. He wanted what? To live the way he was living. That meant, you know, having servants doing this, that, and the other at, at their mercy. You're like, I tell you what, do you do it? I'll pay you. I don't want to have to love you. I just want you to be there. No, that's not what God wants. God wants you to love. To know that you're loved. Unconditionally, no matter what. So you think about it, and then, uh, and then I'm thinking, okay, you all know I'm gay. And people are saying, and I'm thinking, lifestyle choices. You chose to be gay. No, I didn't. I was watching, has anybody ever seen Eureka on Sci-Fi Channel? It took sci science fiction to uh, science discoveries and all this. Well, last night, one of the episodes or this, this week was that uh, there was this hormone, and, and dust. It was high in hormones. So the minute the person touched it, they were totally attracted. The women were totally attracted to them because there's hormones out there. That's right. It is what? Physically based. It's not a mental situation. So if someone says, you chose to be gay, that's your lifestyle. No, I didn't. I was born this way. We're attracted to who we're attracted to. Some of us aren't attracted to guys. Well, you're okay, guys. I'm not saying I don't like it, but it just I'm not attracted to guys in that way. But I am to women. It's not a lifestyle choice. So don't get confused what I'm saying about a lifestyle choice for Jesus versus other lifestyle choices. I like jeans and t-shirts. That's my lifestyle choice for attire. Does that affect Jesus? No. Jesus sat down and said, okay, folks, I want you to understand where God's coming from. God originally said what? Ten commandments. Love your father and mother. Honor them. Don't commit adultery. What? He's trying to break down, okay, I want you to care for those around you. I want you to accept them right where they're at. I want love to be unconditionally given everywhere. I came down to show you how to love unconditionally to everyone. That's why God, Jesus came. That's why Jesus was there. That's why he had his ministry. He wanted to reach out and touch lives and let them know that you're accepted exactly where you are. The reading of Psalm. God is generous to a fault. God lavishes his, his favor on all creatures. Everything God's, God does is right. The trademark of all God's works is love. Amen. The trademark is love. So when you look at that young guy that had all these riches and everything, he was living a life that he liked, 
But it doesn't mean he had to love everyone. And that challenge of having to accept people right where they're at is a challenge. It's not easy. We're all different. We have a certain background we were raised with, so there's certain things we have to overcome or deal with or say. I remember when I was a kid, cowboys and Indians were there. You always wanted to be a cowboy. Why? Because you're going to shoot the Indians. You never wanted to be an Indian. But God says, no, 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 you don't understand. If I was living for God back then, what would it have been? It didn't matter because we're going to be cowboy or Indian. We were getting along together and merging and loving one another, no matter what and what, benefiting the world because we love one another. It wasn't a competition. It wasn't sitting criteria. As long as you fit in my, a lot of churches, as long as you fit in, in my particular, okay, I'm going to borrow your cup here. Okay, this is my world and that's my cup. You want to get in it, you have to meet what? My criteria to fit in here. You don't meet it, I'm not going to be your friend. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to love you. Just let me not do it. But God said, no, you don't have the option of that. You don't have the option of making rules as to who you will or won't love. So when you think about it, it is a lifestyle choice. I choose to love everyone where they're at. I choose to know that God loves me unconditional, no rules, nothing attached to it. God loves me, period. There is no rule or criteria Put out there, God loves us unconditionally. And I need to do the same. Doo -doo -doo. Hang on. Micah 6.8 is the one I put in here. Why? It's not even one of the readings today. But if you look, the verse is not even close to what I'm talking about. Usually it's from the passage. But I said, no, I, I think, I believe the verses we picked for this church are core verses of our foundation, of our development of this church was what? Based on the fact that God loved us unconditionally, we need to share that with others. And Micah 6.8 says it, but God's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. <clears throat> And how do we do that? Well, in a month, we were told earlier, well, we're going to do hygiene kits to show love to what? Those that are underprivileged. Because it also says in Matthew that how does God know you love them? Because you're taking care of those that need extra care. You're feeding the hungry and clothing them, helping them out, visiting those that are sick. God wants us to do, develop a lifestyle of love unconditional love so when you think of this passage and trying to get a camel to go through an eye of a needle it is challenging each and every one of us to love unconditionally accept where you're at and make a lifestyle commitment that you'll always do that amen